Good morning, good day, good night, everyone. This is England is Burning for March 9, 2021. We are coming at you from the ATL in Georgia, in the USA. This is your Arsenal weekly feature. Uh, for this week, we have Josh back from the Islington Gazette back with us today to talk about Arsenal. Welcome back, Josh. Thank you for being here. No problem, Keith. Thank you. All right. How you been, man? You doing good? Hey, yeah, no, good. Yeah, just... Watching the football and the usual, the normal. Yeah. Josh is my hero, y'all. Josh is my hero. He gets he watches like number one, his job is to watch football. Number one. That's that's the number one thing, right? So then is then the second thing is he has mastered the skill of using electronic devices like iPads and TVs and such, uh, laptops, everything to watch multiple games at the same time and still pay enough attention to them that he can uh, you know come out with good detail. But of course, you know, there are some tricks to that which you know I'm learning, but but he's the master. I mean, he, I got to bow down to you, Josh, at the master. I mean, he's like, I'm watching his Twitter feed. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, and it's like, um, and it is, I think it's at bunting football. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm watching his Twitter feed and he's coming out with this like, oh yeah, it's in the Ukrainian league. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a great game in the, in, in the Indian super league today. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, well, where on earth does one watch the Ukrainian league? Um, so, um, so I, Josh, you, you are the, you my, you my football hero. You, you love football probably more than I do, but y'all, you didn't want to hear about the Indian super league. You want to hear about the women's super league. But first I woke up Josh to some very interesting and very exciting news, a very critical news, I think for the FAWSL. It appears, and it seems from, I got a, I saw an article from the daily mail. Uh, indicating that the FAWSL had entered into a new TV rights agreement starting next season. Josh, do you do you know any further details about that? Yeah, well, looks like uh, obviously it's not confirmed. Jets not one hundred percent confirmed, but uh, the Daily Mail reporting that Sky Sports in the UK um, are are having the rights for the WSL next season. So there's a BT Sport uh, which show the WSL right now in the UK, and obviously the FA player, which is an app. Um, but the FA player will still continue. But to watch the WSL in the UK, it would be on BT Sport. And it looks like Sky Sport, uh, which show more of the Premier League than what BT do. BT do show the Premier League, but Sky would, would show the majority of it. So Sky look like they're going to uh, have the rights for the Women's Super League next season. And also the BBC. So at the minute, the BBC red button is showing the games. But it looks like BBC One and BBC Two are getting the games next year, which is a huge step forward. It's more BBC One and BBC Two for the normal person. They're more out there. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's good news. Obviously, Sky Sport, if you have Sky Sports, you probably do have BT Sport. But um, the BT Sport would show the likes of the Champions League and things like that and the Women's Champions League. Um, but Sky... I, I'm not really. I can't. I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the figures of who has Sky or who has BT. But um, in my own mind, this is from my own perspective. I would say more people have Sky Sports, so I think it's good. I think it's sort of, in my own personal opinion, it's it's a bigger platform than what BT is. So no, yeah, definitely looks like that will happen. But obviously, it's not 100% confirmed. But I, I think I think it will happen. Yeah. So from what I'm hearing you say, Josh, is that that if this deal is confirmed, it goes through. 
yeah. that there will be a much more much more exposure for yeah, the WSL yeah. in, with the new networks involved. It'll be easier for the fan to to watch games, uh, or you know, if they're on BBC One, BBC Two. Yeah. Um, you know, so for the fan, it's a it's a big plus uh, because you know it just be there's more exposure, yeah. more easier to watch, more eyes on the on the matches and so forth, which is what the WSL really needs, and so forth. But I also understood, Josh, from reading the uh, reading the article that there's also a, a, a fee deal involved, a rights deal involved. Is that a first for the FAWSL to have a potentially have a fee a rights fee deal? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to have more money, um, obviously involved, um, and obviously the women's super league, it, it, it needs, it does, it still does need money. Um, so yeah, I definitely think so. I think the more money in in that league, the better. Um, for in terms of the development, and of course you've got, you got obviously the top four teams like you've got your Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, and, and Manchester United who have got money, but it will sort, it will certainly equal itself out and benefit the, the rest of the league as well. So we're only going to see the league get stronger and stronger and stronger because of it. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to try to compare the Premier League to the WSL, but I will make this one point, though. In my opinion, the EPL, the English Premier League, made a quantum leap when they made huge TV deals uh, for rights when they did, which then exponentially brought in more money into the league. And then that led to clubs being seen more as a possible, there was more money potentially to be gained and to be earned by, by all clubs in the league, not just the top clubs. Uh, and I think then it exponentially yeah. uh, got more eyeballs on the league. And then uh, I think it played a part in making the, the Premier League probably the most watched league in the world and probably talent wise and so forth in the end of the day, probably the best from a talent standpoint. Um, and I think it was a just major quantum shift. Now I'm not saying the same type of shift is going to happen because we're talking about differently, differently lower numbers. But what I'm saying is, is that to get a TV rights yeah, deal is a game changer because that means that this is money for, oh, 100%. for all the clubs involved, not just the big four that, that, as you said, already have money. They can now put in more money, but the small clubs, the smaller clubs down the line, if you make the league, then they may have access to more resources in, you know, you're talking about your mid table, your lower table teams yeah. in the WSL, they have access to more resources for players, facilities, fields, everything. Uh, and it's just going to make the league a, better draw down the line so i think this is a potential game changer uh and so forth um you know for the league what do you think do you think that's the case or or am i completely pie in the sky no. dreamland no i definitely think it will i still think those top four will obviously dominate mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong um, mm-hmm. because obviously they've got the bigger pools they've got like a bigger attraction but I certainly think right. with the money, it's going to be more competitive for those other clubs to strengthen their squad. Um, so no, like, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a great deal for not just the, the women's super league for everyone because, like you say, there's going to be more eyes on it. 
and it's going to have a better exposure. Um, and I think BT Sport have done really well. Um, obviously, the listeners in America won't know what that is, but I think it's done. I think the advertisement this year has been has been very good for it. Um, I don't know the viewing figures. Obviously, I don't work for them, but the um, for Sky and for the BBC to have it, yeah, look, I definitely think it's going to have a a, a bigger exposure and. It's good for on a BBC perspective. It's going to be on free TV, so you don't have to pay. So right. there's no subscription fee. Right. So there's certainly gonna you're certainly gonna have more people watching it. Um, so yeah, no, it's it, it's a really big boost for the for the league as a whole, not just for those bigger clubs, but for the whole for the whole of English women's football. Yeah, and for the, for the you know most of the people that listen and watch this uh, watch this channel are in the United States, um, and so. So hopefully, you know, and I just want to remind remind people in the U.S. that you that the FA Player, which has a good number of uh, WSL games, uh, that is a free app. There is no subscription for that in the United States. So there's that. There's also the Atta Football app that is also available in the United States as well. They show a smaller number of games, but from time to time, you know, they'll they'll have them. You know, actually last week uh, they had you know Manchester the Manchester City match last week. Uh, and so forth. So that from time to time, they also add a football also will come in and they'll have, um, you know, from other women's leagues, like, for example, next weekend on the add a football app, they're going to have PSG against Leon, uh, you know, that's available and add a football is also free, uh, free app in the US as well. So it, I, I have to be selfish and, and hope that there'll be no changes or make it hopefully easier for viewers in the United States uh, to watch these matches in the future, um, you know, and so forth. So, but I think mean, it's overall, this is a great, uh, a great deal once it's all, you know, settled and all the signatures are in place and everything else. So uh, again, let's not count all the chickens before they hatch because in Atlanta, we never do that because in Atlanta sports, we always lose. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and even when we think we win, we, we just never still win. 34-3, remember that. Okay, all right, let's jump to Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal played Birmingham at uh, Birmingham's uh, new home field. Uh, at St. George's Park, uh, you know, and I say that tongue in cheek, but right now they're playing at St. George's Park because the FA has ruled that that, that their field, uh, though improvements, my understanding is improvements been made there, but it's not up to standard according to the FA. And so it's a game by game basis for their home matches. So again, they're playing a home match. They played uh, on Sunday against Arsenal. Uh, Josh, what was your what's what was your what's your initial you know reaction to, to the Arsenal performance on Sunday? Very much a case of job done. Um, that was the most important thing. Um, again, it was it was similar to the the Aston Villa match the weekend before. They dominated the game. Um, they had so many chances. Uh, obviously, in the opening few minutes, uh, Vivian Miedema uh, hits the post, and that sort of t- set the tone for the game. Um, uh, Arsenal were again. They were they were quick and they were. They had a really, really good tempo and they were comfortable in the game. Um, and once they got the first goal, the floodgates sort of opened. Um, I thought, I just, I thought it was no, it was just a really professional performance, and it was a case of another one ticked off the list and, and job done. Yeah, and Arsenal lined up in a, in, in, you know, in a four-three-three, which I think, which is their standard formation, correct? Yeah, 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 that's standard. Yeah, you know, at the top, you know, you had, uh, you know, Jordan Knobs on the right, you had. 
uh, Beth Mead in the front, and then you had on the left, Minima on the left. That's pretty typical, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, because that allows her to sort of, obviously, she is a number nine, but right. um, it's sort of Minima in that area sort of allows her to move around much more. So she moves around the opposition defense. So for her third goal, it was sort of a prime example. Um, she picked the ball up and then she cut inside. She beat two defenders and it was it was a great strike. But she sort of influences the overall play in that position better because just of her, just because of her movement. Um, and obviously, like she links play quite well um, with obviously Caitlin Ford. Uh, obviously, the second goal, uh, Mead crosses it and she. I don't I don't know if it was a shot or not, but I'll say it was a it was an assist. She flicked it on and, and Caitlin Ford mm-hmm. tapped it in. So. There's, she has good like spatial awareness, um, and she's got like she's got good vision and good link up play. So I think that suits her in that area. Um, and and it was a big factor on Sunday just the amount of movement that Arsenal were doing in that front three. So knobs forward, uh, then obviously Miedema, but then uh, Mead was moving around as well. So the Birmingham defence are well structured, play five at the back. So it's going to be really really hard to break down. So the more movement in that area. Uh, sort of forced Birmingham to, to come out and there was more gaps appearing to play into. Yeah. And Birmingham played in their standard four, five, one, uh, you know, yeah. and it played a low block, but, but interestingly enough, going into the match, Birmingham, uh, you know, there were two things in, in Birmingham's favor from a defensive standpoint uh, is in, in terms of, you know, expected goals against per shot on target, they're like second in, you know, second in the league in that category. Their defense yeah, they, is very stout. Uh, only they don't concede. They don't concede many goals, and right. and that's sort of what we were saying last. Uh, obviously, when we we're pre- preview, previewing the game, right. I always thought it was going to be tough for Arsenal in terms of breaking down that defense. But I thought Arsenal were very, very good because of the movement. Mm-hmm. Not like against Aston Villa in that first half. The, like we were saying. The previous game, they tried to play a lot through the middle, but Sunday right. was very much against Birmingham, was very much with the wing. It was very much right. the width. So with their width, they were stretching the Birmingham defence. Mm-hmm. And they did that a few times. Um, and Arsenal were, like I said, they were, they were comfortable in the game. And it was an enjoyable performance because tactically, Joe Montemarro got it spot on. He knew that Birmingham were going to play a low block. So And that's, and, and that's exactly what happened. But because of the width, and because I think St George's Park worked really well for Arsenal this weekend. I'll have to say that because it's such a big pitch. Mm-hmm. So, a huge pitch. <laughs> yeah. So I think the width of Mead and Nobs really, really helped because it's such a huge pitch, and Arsenal wanted to stretch Birmingham out wide. So I think the pitch was a huge advantage for Arsenal this weekend. And if you look at Leah Williamson from the back, a lot of the attacks came from her picking up the ball and it happens quite a lot for Arsenal but she picks up the ball and she hits the she always tries to hit the wing and it's how Arsenal sort of overload it starts from Leah Williamson picking up the ball from the back and a lot of that happened at the weekend um, and I, I just, honestly I thought Arsenal were, were very good um, and uh, the last two games have been really really encouraging 
I think Arsenal played better in this match than they played against Aston Villa from a technical standpoint and a standpoint, which, which in a way though, I think was to be expected because in the Aston Villa game, we were coming off a break, uh, you know, getting the team back together, this first competitive match, you know, uh, after a break. Um, And then you have this one, uh, which is sort of sandwiched, you know, between the next match, which is on Friday with, with, uh, with United. So, you know, but they with the fluidity. One one of the questions I had for you, which I think you've already answered, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit further, is I think Montenero um, made you know a tactical shift in this match versus yeah. the tactical uh, the tactical decisions that were with Aston Villa. Was that playing to the opponent in this case, or was this in preparation to try to have a have more of a yeah, more options I, on offense yeah, look, for the I, future? I don't think- yeah, I don't. This this was a one-off this this okay. weekend. I think I think it was just focused on Birmingham, and he said okay. that. And he said that in his pre-match his uh, post-match conference said this isn't how they're going to be playing against Manchester United uh, come the nineteenth of March. This was all focused on Birmingham, and that we've sort of elaborated on it in a few weeks, but we sort of said it's at Arsenal very much right now. It's one. It's that. I know it's a cliche, but it is that one game at a time type thing. So. Tactically, this weekend was very much on Birmingham's weakness because mm-hmm. Manchester United are much more obviously they're they're a better side than Birmingham. Let's like, be honest. So they are they're 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 much more fluid than Birmingham. So that they'll attack. That I I don't think Manchester United will come to Meadow Park on the nineteenth and set up as a counter attacking team. I think they'll press and I think they'll have a real go. Could be completely wrong, but mm-hmm. that sort of. I'm sorry, that's sort of how I think it's going to work out. Um, so, no, the, tactically at the weekend was very much focused on how Birmingham set up. I don't think it has anything to do with any of the opposition coming up in the future. Yeah, and we'll get more into the United match and what we expect from that, you know, uh, later. But one of the other things I wanted to mention was that uh, Hannah Hampton, who's the goaltender for Birmingham, you know, uh, is like third best in the league in goal in goaltender conversion, uh, fourth best save percentage in the league, uh, and also has to deal with the forced most fourth most shots on target than anyone yeah. in the league. Uh, you know, she's a solid goaltender along with a very pretty solid, uh, you know, defense. But absolutely, you're right though because. You know, Birmingham doesn't concede a lot of goals, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. they don't score a lot of goals either. Uh, they're one of the lowest in the league, uh, if not the lowest in, you know, goal conversion rate and, you know, goal opportunities and, and converting them. Uh, so they really rely on their, you know, on a defense as a, as a strength, but they have a really good manager. Carla Ward's very good, Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, you know, and, and does her squad, you know, very well and, and uses. I, I think the best managers, as I've said before, are managers that, that do you know, incredible things with limited, you know, quote resources, you know, yeah. uh, doing a lot with nothing uh, type of scenarios and, and so forth. I don't think the best manager is always the one that, that their team is winning the, winning the trophies every time. It's more the ones that, you know, it's like, Hey, with the squad I got, I'm going to put them in a, in a better position to win matches, to get results than with than expected uh, and so forth. Um so, and I think Carla Ward actually really does that because Birmingham is safe. Uh, that you know they're a safe team. They're, they're not in a relegation fight, um, and so forth. And that's because they they hold pretty strong on a defensive side, and that's what they need to do with the personnel they got. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of Arsenal was concerned, it was a much more fluid match. It showed a lot of um, 
you know, I was impressed with the speed. I was impressed with the work rate. I was impressed with that, that utilizing different options, um, you know, you know, instead of just, you know, angling to give Minima the ball every, you know, every time though she did score, yeah. um, you know, and, and um, because I think with, so as we kind of segue though, into, into the United match, one of the th- thoughts I had though, Josh, and maybe you can help me understand this a little bit better. What do you think has been the cause of Arsenal struggling against the other top sides this season, particularly looking at, we're talking about United coming up on Friday. United won the first matchup very early on in the season, 1-0. Arsenal had very limited chances in that match. Their XG was 0.4. They, it was a clean sheet. Um, why, is, why is Arsenal struggling with the big three? Just think it's more. It's a really hard question. Uh, is it, there's a, I think there's quite a, a few factors. I think uh, I hate make, I don't like making excuses, but I think injuries have been massive. And obviously, when we go into the 19th of March with Manchester United, which is which not not this Friday, next Friday, Manchester United have got injuries as well. So I, I don't know what, and I think Arsenal's first time team is sort of coming back. Um, I think injuries have been a big problem, but. Also, Arsenal, they like to play football, so they like to play it out from the back. So very much a team that play the ball through the thirds. But those big games, those Manchester City and Chelsea, Manchester United, the first game, they pressed Arsenal, and Arsenal didn't really like it because they weren't really in control of the game. So I think from a tactical standpoint, I thought Arsenal played Manchester City in December um, away. And Miedema scored inside the second minute. And Arsenal pressed really well from like from the very start. And they took the lead. And once they took the lead, it was sort of like, right, we're ahead. Let's just sit back and defend this, which against Manchester City you can't do because they've got so many, so many quality players that can hurt you. Um, so I think it's that sort of high-intensity press. Arsenal don't particularly like it. So come the Manchester United game, and that's what I'm that's what I sort of touched on earlier. I don't think Manchester United are going to sit and try to attack. I think they're going to press from the very, very start. Obviously, that Manchester United have got obviously a few key players out injured as well um, that will miss that game, which sort of could be could work the Arsenal advantage. Who knows? Um, but we'll have to wait and see. But I think it's just that this need to Arsenal just need to be better balanced in terms of dealing with how teams press them. And hey. Go ahead. Joe Montemurro said again in those big games, he, it's, he's publicly said it, that there's sort of a, a, a mental block. I don't know what that is. I don't think anybody knows what that is. But I think it's a confidence issue as well. I could, again, I could be completely wrong. But if Arsenal get a result against Manchester United, I think that will sort of change their whole sort of team spirit. I think I'll sort of say, right, we can. We can go out and, and beat these top teams. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a really, really interesting game. But, yeah, to answer your question, I think that's sort of more to do with the quality of the opposition. Um, Arsenal haven't had a full-strength squad this season in any of those games. Do they have a full squad now? Well, they should in. do. Hopefully, hopefully, well, again, on on um, on Sunday, you mean you just start Jennifer Beattie. You're just mm-hmm. thinking, right, 
we finally got this full strength squad, and before mm-hmm. kickoff comes out, Jennifer Beatty has a has a hamstring injury. So I don't know what. I, I, I think there's no game now until the 19th. Right. So mm-hmm. unless any freak injury happens, then yes, they should have a full strength squad uh, for for the Manchester United game, and that's just hope that there is that there is no injury because it's a, like like I keep saying, Arsenal don't have this small squad that people sort of seem to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a they've got a smaller squad than Manchester City and Chelsea, absolutely. But they've got a quality, quality squad. Um, so yeah, uh, they should have a full fit, fully fit squad for, unless there is any injuries in training uh, for for the for the Manchester United game. And do you think though, um, because you mentioned that um, you mentioned in terms of tactically speaking, what does Montenegro uh, need to do tactically? This well, time that that maybe he hasn't done before. I mean, uh, Joe Montemarro has got his own mind, um, and he knows he's. he's a, I've said before, he's a good manager. You're not in that mm-hmm. position if you're not a good manager. But uh, from my own personal feeling, the way that they played against Manchester City in the opening few minutes, in terms of how they pressed, Arsenal's attack is <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a world class attack. So I would love to see them press high against Manchester United, put them under pressure, and I would love to. I would just love to see high intensity from Arsenal because I think they can definitely get at them um, from that. Um, and I think again, Jordan Nobbs. I've said it before, but I think Jordan Nobbs is when when Jordan Nobbs plays. I think Arsenal are a much better team. Um, I think she gives them much more. Um, and with in terms of movement, so I think she's going to have a, a big part to play against obviously Manchester United. But I would love to see them press high from the very, very start and put Man United under pressure defensively. Um, so, so Nobs would be is like would Nobs be your your key player to watch for in this match then, because of, of yeah. what she's able to bring. I think she just gives them a better balance. I, that, Arsenal have got so, so many players. Um, so you've got Leah Williamson, the back playmaker right. who play mm-hmm. makes. You've got Caitlin Ford, who I've said it before, but she would be my Arsenal women's player of the season so far. Mm-hmm. I just think that she she's been outstanding. Uh, Beth Mead in the big game steps up all the time as well. Um, uh, but I just think for a balance, a better like a balance of the team, I think Nobbs is crucial. So. If it was the pick a player to watch in this game, if nobody had ever watched Arsenal women before, do you know what? I would probably say Caitlin Ford because I think because I think she I she agree. gives. I would agree with that definitely. Arsenal's she's been outstanding. Like again on Sunday, she pops up with two goals out of nothing. Um, and I don't really think even the most optimistic. I think everyone thought Caitlin Ford was a good player. Don't get me wrong, she's she's a fantastic player, but I just I don't think any Arsenal fan sort of expected her to have such a big impact in her first season. Like, this is her first season in England, her first full season. She obviously came over in, like, January of 2020, and she had two games before coronavirus kicked in, and obviously the league was suspended. So this is her first full season. And she's been, she's been absolutely outstanding. She's adapted to life in England so well. Um, and England's a, it's a, it's physical, and, and she has no problem with that. So... 
yeah, if I was to pick a player to watch in the game, yeah, def- definitely Caitlin Ford. I think another player to watch, don't you think, would be uh, Kate McCabe? Yeah, I think Kate McCabe has been outstanding this year. And again, probably the most underrated player sort of in that Arsenal team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she she gives them a lot going forward and is also very good defensively when she isn't a natural defender. Like she, ne- she She's very versatile. Um, so Kitty McCabe actually started more as an attacker, but has slotted into left back marvelously well at, at Arsenal. Um, so she's sort of a, an underrated, an underrated gem. Her, her assists are, have been crucial this year, and 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 her defensive side of the game is, for me, it's better this season than what it was last season. Even and I thought she was brilliant last season. Um, and also Lisa Evans as well. Um, she didn't she didn't start against Birmingham, but. She's, she's a goal threat as well when she comes on. She scored two and two. Um, so she could be a, a dark horse for, for the Manchester United game. But I think she gives Arsenal, again, more more a, a more fluid style of play uh, just because of how good attacking, attacking wise she is. She's, and, and obviously defensively as well. So I think McCabe and Evans, obviously, they play on different sides to one another, but they're quite similar, um, quite underrated. But the drive forward so so well and they've got a goal in them as well. Um so yeah they, they would be two players to watch. I think the whole Arsenal team are, are a team to watch right now. This it's going to be an extremely interesting game. Uh, it really will be. Um I, I'm looking forward to it. I think we have a, a situation where we have one team we have two teams I think are going to try to do the same thing to each other. And, and, and yeah. I, I think both of them both Arsenal and, and United are going to do a lot of pressing. They're going to do a, hot, a heavy load of work rate, uh, both sides. I think they're going to try to press high. They're going to try to put pressure on the back lines of each side, um, you know, and, you know, they have very similar, fairly similar styles, both on offense and defense. I think it's just going to come down to, you know, um, you know, who's available on both sides. Yeah, I agree. You know, no, personnel-wise. And, and, and sometimes it does come down to, I, I hate the term fine margins. Uh, you know, I, I really dislike it, but this might be one of those situations where that term might actually fit, uh, yeah. where, you know, um, or the idea of, of, you know, luck, a ball hitting the post, ball being cleared off the line at the last moment, uh, you know, a tackle here, a tackle there, you know, those little finer points. Um, and so forth. I mean, as you mentioned, United is is down as a from. I don't say they're a down squad. I, they're, they're they have any no, issues on the they, front. Too, yeah. uh, you know, you, when your best goal scorer, best playmakers are are out, um, you know uh, that that has this, you know some serious serious repercussions there, and that they're having to rely on people they haven't relied on, and, and some players on the United side are going to have to step up. Uh, against a very solid defense that that Arsenal puts puts out there, which I think Arsenal defense is is I think you're right. I think they're underrated overall. They're underrated. Yeah. Uh, everyone looks at Miedema and um, you know Mead and Ford and you know and so forth, and and they don't you know. And I think they forget that on the defensive end they don't concede much either. Um, and so I yeah, think yeah. that's a bit underrated. But I think they're gonna you know, um, I mean if if United was a full squad like they were in the first matchup, 
then you know you, you would give you might give United a slight you know even slight edge, but be, mainly because they were playing at you know um, at Lee Village, um, but that's not the case this time. Um, you know I, yeah. um, you know, but I, I was but the other thing I was wondering is 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 do you think Montanera is going to do anything differently, or is it going to be um, like you know standard? Uh, like we're going to play our match and, and we're going to play it our way. Yeah. I think it sort of be play it how, how Arsenal sort of play it. Um, I really don't know what he's going to do. Um, I can't really answer that question because who knows? I, I've got, I, honestly, I don't have a clue how, how, how you'll play. Um, I think there will be certainly some adaptions, of course, because there is every game's different and every manager changes a certain way of how to play. Um, I, I don't know, to be honest, Keith. I don't know how, how he's going to play. I don't know. Uh, honestly, couldn't tell you. No, no idea how he's going to play, but I, I think it will certainly be different to what how they played against Birmingham at the weekend. I think that I was a little surprised to hear Montanero say that this is not the way I want to play against United. And the reason why I'm saying this is that you mentioned the word balance and you mentioned, you know, being more balanced and so forth. And I saw a more balanced Arsenal side than I've seen before, you know? Um, And so that's where I, I was, you know, I'm hoping for Arsenal's sake that, you know, they're able to, you know, that they are more balanced. They are more diverse. They use because they have great options to use. Um, yeah. And so I, I hope that, that they don't get impatient in the process of, all right, let's try to get the ball to Minima and let's see if she can score another goal. You know, they have other options, other players that can do, the, do you know, similar yeah. things, different things and so forth. I think that Montanero needs to play more balanced, more fluid, uh, you know, from a tactical standpoint, because, I don't think I, I don't think it's going to be a surprise what United are going to try to do. It's not going to be a shock what they're going to try to do because they know they're they're in tough times on on offense, so yeah, they yeah. know they got to seal the back, you know. Oh, so absolutely. they're going to press, as you said. Everyone knows that's what they're going to do in order to counter that. And, and Arsenal's faced that time and time and time again against pressing teams, uh, and so forth, and. Um, that's what they need to be prepared for. And being pre- one way of being prepared for it is having that balance and looking at where the other spaces are. If they take out Minima, they take out Mead, or they take out somebody else, you know, who's who's going to have the space? Yeah, that's that's it as well. Um, but that's why I think Nobs, I think Van mm-hmm. der Donk could... could yeah, Van der yeah Donk exactly, could yes. A, yeah. Could be a big um, player as well. Um, Van der Donk also is a is a player for these games. If uh, she sort of always turns up on these games as well, um, mm-hmm. and I think if she starts, I think with her movement and in, in, in creating space, I think Arsenal will, will definitely create chances. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play. Um, it's not for another week, so yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, so that's why I'm not going to ask you for a scoreline prediction now. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not going to ask you for a scoreline prediction now because we got more, we got plenty of time. And, and, and you know, I, unfortunately, y'all uh, out there, um, if you watch, go back and watch yesterday when I talked to Mark about United and, and Emma about uh, Men City and my, my propensity to not understand what day it is. 
uh, you know, because I was getting the matches all mixed up when they happen or when they're coming up. And so I mistakenly said earlier here that the game is on Friday. I wish it was on Friday, to be honest with you, but it's not. It's the following Friday, like Josh said, um, because again, the match was moved from a Thursday to a Friday for, for yeah. not this week, for next week. Um, so um, I, I'm, I'm Josh, I might be losing it. I, I'm not oriented to the right day, uh, apparently. No, to, be, to be honest, I don't think anybody is right now. I really you know, don't. So, um, yeah, so the coronavirus is unfortunately yeah no one knows anymore (laughs) yeah it's yeah i'm coming up on a year uh straight working from home so you know maybe that's part of it um you know but usually i do a little bit better josh do a little bit better so josh thank you so much um for joining us today look forward to seeing you again very soon to break down arsenal um as we move on this is a very critical match that is coming up um in terms of the implications for champions league qualifications uh and so forth because you know dare i say arsenal has ground to make up but they also have those dreaded games in hand uh to contend with so um, three points. I, I did speak. I, what I did say though, Josh, that I when, when I was talking with Mark uh, Barmiari and with United, I, I did. You know, one of the things I did say. Maybe you agree or disagree, but for Arsenal, they really need the three points. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I absolutely agree. Arsenal need to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a draw is going to work. You know, a draw is not in front from a you know from the standpoint of the big picture. A draw is not going to be enough. Um, because the thing I'm hearing on the on the United side that they're like, well, we have the we're in a in a good position uh, with third, and even a draw actually helps us. Um, yeah, yeah, no, a, yeah. A, a draw would a, a draw would suit them. Arsenal need to win every every game. Every game, the end of the right. Season. Yeah. right. Um, unless, unless obviously, Manchester United slip up. Slip right, and there's but, always but, that opportunity but, because you look yeah, at look at what happened with Reading. Look what happened yesterday with Reading. Bristol City knocked them off in the last, you know, in the last yeah, gasp, you know. Um, and that's what's becoming great about this league that now you just can't count on. You cannot say oh well it's bristol and and you're gonna get a win um because i mean after united arsenal's got tottenham bristol brighton everton that gave city a hard time uh, yeah that's gonna be a tough game and then aston villa i mean it's not an easy road even after um you know uh, united because um you know brighton you know we know what brighton can do Bristol is getting better. Tottenham is not a pushover. Everton definitely not any type of that could be a struggle because uh, they they get into dog, you know dog fights with everybody, um, and that's a good thing. Uh, and then uh, finishing off with Aston Villa at the last match of the season, but um, so it's not an easy road. But it's not an easy road for anybody, uh, you know, at the, at this stage. Everyone's got tough games coming up um and so forth so as much as we may want to say in a, in the we in the in the social media world want to like oh yeah this is the big game this is going to call it for you know well wait a minute you still got six more games to go yeah uh, but it does give a potential advantage depending on who gets the results so uh that's what we like and that's what we as fans like so again josh thank you uh so much for being here uh no worries today. So England is burning has got to close out for today. Please go back and, and, and watch or listen to the, the talk I had with Rob about Chelsea women, the talk I had with Mark on Manchester United women, the talk with Emma yesterday on Man City, 
on Friday, we're going to have a special episode where we're going to talk with the folks at the Bristol City Vixen cast and with Rob with CFCW Social with a special Conti Cup final preview, uh, which is coming up this weekend. I think I got that date right, but I know that we're going to have a special episode on Friday. Um, I cannot wait to talk to the Bristol City Vixen cast, particularly after uh, their match yesterday. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about with a Conti Cup final. So as I close, please remember that the light is out there. Please acknowledge that the light is out there. Let it become part of you. Let it hug you. But also acknowledge that the darkness is also out there. We've seen it. We've heard it. We know it's there. Do not ever, ever, ever let it hug you. But if it does, please get help for yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And England is Burning is out for Tuesday. And we'll see you next time.